Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Good morning, Long Beach Christian Fellowship and beyond. beyond. I always love saying that. I should have worn my spacesuit if I was going to say that. Um, so yeah, it's so good to be here. It's so good to be here as an uncumbered pastor. No meetings for me. That's pretty awesome. Um, and it's also really wonderful to be able to, be able to teach uh, with, with my community because it's, it's always an effort. I do this alone. And, um, yeah, even uh, this whole idea of discernment, the first statement I want to make about discernment is not a destination. It's not something you're, you're going to get. It's, you know, it's a journey. Like so much of life, life is life with Jesus is a journey, not a destination. And having that, let's go, let's go back to that scripture, because that is that scripture I'm going to teach from. Forgive that I said 2 to 5 is 2 to 10. I was, I was being minimalist in my use of numbers. So, so you, you don't read it out loud, but just consider the words as they come up. And on this child from David's line, the spirit of the eternal one, one will light and rest. By the spirit of wisdom and discernment, he will shine like the dew. By the spirit of counsel and strength, he will fairly and courageously. By the spirit of knowledge and reverence of the eternal one, he will, he will take pleasure in honoring the eternal. He will determine fairness and equity. He, he will consider more than meets the eye and weigh in more, more than what he's told. So that even those who can't, can't afford good defense will nevertheless get a fair and equitable judgment. With just a word, he will end endedness, abolish oppression. And let me tell you what the word is, because I know what the word is. Love, love. With that word, he will end wickedness and abolish oppression. Nothing more than the breath of his mouth, he will destroy evil. He will clothe himself with righteous, righteous and truth. The impulse to right wrongs will be in his, his blood. Then on that day, root from Jesse's line will stand, will stand as a snow. For the fools of the, the world who come to him, him seek guidance and endurance. And, and glory will be restored to the land, land where he resides. And we, Long Beach Christian Fellowship, we are a community who are called to live and love like Jesus. And again, again, it's not a destination. It's a journey. It's a learning place for each and every and every one. And I, and I just love this. It's just, it's, the Bible is so, so crazy, isn't it? Because you read it once and it's this. And then you read it again. And it's the same passage. It's the same translation even. And it speaks something different to us. Notice how many times the spirit in this passage. Spirit and discernment are married. You can't have it connected. They are in a forever covenant. They will never love one another. And having said all that, I just, um, I really want to confess my, my own 
my own my own ment this morning, my own sadness. Um, appreciated pa- Pastor Dan's request that we should just be in silent prayer uh, in this past week. And two days I have lost lost people, whom two of loved one one of whom um, was my relative, and I loved her also more from afar. But I lost a client of mine, whom I uh, um, who was who had children. And um, I lost one of my son-in-law's best friends, Dave Roy. Some of you may know him. him. Father's of Pat- Patton, the city at Pathways Community Church. And then this morning, my brother-in-law's um, sister, who I've known since she was seven years old, died at 69. So I, I come with a really heavy heart. I also come with asking God, Am I still supposed to stand up there and talk about discernment? And this is how this is how how question came came to me it came through other other people, because Ryan who said Barb, you still wanting to do that? Because I can never for you. And I had to, to I had to ask a question of the whole spirit that lives in me, the, the spirit of Jesus that lives in me. Am I still called this morning? to stand up and talk about discernment. And I hope for all of our sake, the answer is yes. Um, yeah, so I'm going to read you what you want to I've had a hard week. I've already said that. Not hard because it was busy. And it was busy, but I like that. that. Hard because people that I've have died, died dying or their loved ones have died. It's been a crazy week. I felt the tension of having to be strong for others, which in so many ways is natural and then a gift in me. And yet, my own grief and my own awareness of my ineffectiveness leads me to the recognition I am a mere mortal. And I need discernment. I need to know what to say. I need to know how to pray. Touch. Do I have something with a brain? An anointing oil, food, blanket. I've spent a lot of time for others, praying pray them, asking God for, for mercy, asking God for, for people to heal, people to live. They didn't. Was I going to ask? Asking God, please, in your mercy, take this life. And he finally, finally did. And I haven't known how to do any of it very well. And I don't think I would have known how to do even the, I don't even know if I know, I don't know. I need to discern, I need Jesus. I need to be, to be wrong. Because I get to go again, again, try again, again. I have a sense that maybe that word for many of us in this room this week, especially as we enter into this holiday, holiday season that is such a paradox um, Danny said it, we're going to say it uh, uh, until we're hearing it. It is beautiful and it is celebratory and it is, is hard and, and it replays our trauma stories and it creates anxiety and the cut the is always the same. <laughs> and so we, and if we, if we go home, we turn into little children. And if we stay home, we feel like we have to be strong even when we feel weak. There's this constant discerning. 
We're, we're constantly on that journey. We've heard like some really amazing teachings about it in these, in these past two weeks, what, what, seven weeks of discernment talking. There's a reason why we this topic, and we went on for so long with it. It's important. What if discernment is one of the disciplines of Christian life? Just own that that it is our it is our, ours to practice, and I I love um, I always love the Michael Jordan I, I of being the being the greatest of all player player ever because the reason that he is the greatest was he might, he might not be anymore I don't have my statistics here with me but the reason is because he failed and in our discernment as individuals as a community we get to fail. Because God is God with us. So what would Jesus do? Do I don't know. But I do know. And I think I think I know. And I know in part. But I'm called to try and discern what he would do and do and then to live out. And then what, what God's will, all the matters, our personal matters, our church matters, our world matters. Our, our country matters. What is his, his will? Does it matter? If I say I love Jesus and, and his church and his, his people, well, the way is, is all, even the non-church church-ending people of the world, they're, they're loved by God. Then it matters. If we, if we love, it matters. There's a Catholic, Catholic saint, Saint Saint Ignatius of Loyola, who, who wrote a lot about discernment. He has a rule of discernment and of life. He, he calls discernment an interior movement of the spirit. He assumed that God can communicates directly with each of us in our hearts and minds and souls through other various interior movements, like our, like our feelings thoughts, our desires. But he, but he also knew the chatter of all of that doesn't always come from God. Still, I like, like that. I like the idea that an interior movement of the Spirit. And my prayer, definitely this week, I think I've been so aware, has been, been move me, Holy, Holy Spirit, because without you, I, I can't move. I got, I got nothing. I am empty. I am sim sad. And now I'm being asked to be strong. I don't have that. I have you. So how do I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking? And that's where every teaching that we've had so far comes in. It's about, about prayer. It's about silence. It's about li- listening. It's, it's about the Bible for sure. It's about the historical um, underpinnings of our faith. It's about a Bible that has various literary genres, multiple translations. It's about, it's about all that. You have to look at the context of every time period in which pieces of it written. It's about you, you and I together. It's about community. You know, I don't, don't discern as well when, when I'm in community. I need each and every one of you. I need every, every conversation we have because it helps me in my learning, 
and in my process of learning to discern. Every morning, say, welcome. If we remember, we make this request. This is what we say. We say, we believe as a community that the Holy Spirit is always, always speaking, that God is always talking to us. So if you have a word, if you have a scripture, bring it to, to us. We're asking you to share your discernment. The reason we make a request isn't because we can say, oh man, Frank is one, one have a good prophet, but man, he hears from God. No, it's, it's so that we can discern together what God is saying. Because those words don't just come from Frank. They come from Edgar. They, they come from Louise. And they, they come from Monica, Kushka, and Chris. They come from Mary. They, they come from all of us. That, that's why we ask. Because we need to hear what God is speaking. Not, not to the pastors, not to the elders, but to each and every one of us. So, so, so that we can discern with good, good, good ears and open eyes and hearts to the song, open the eyes of our Lord. Open our eyes so, so we hear you. Isn't that so weird? weird? And it's our, it's our heart that lies. I love that, that like crazy because I immediately want to draw a picture, picture of it. Would be bad because I'm not, I'm not, a, but I have, have a dual mind, so... What, what actually does all of that mean for us here at LBCF? Because was we, like Ignatius, do believe in us that God is speaking. Again, the trick, the pra- practice is listen well. well. Um, it's really interesting. I've been in a small group, Jesse Cleeke Camp's house, on every other Friday where we have soup together and we talk about what it mean, means to rest. And we had a, had a practice in the last two weeks of silence and um, then when we came together last Friday night, I just said, let's, let's move to a time I'm listening prayer. Well, I went, oh, oh gosh, I'm not going to hear, any, hear anything from God. Um, and it was this really beautiful reminder that when we choose to, to listen, God, God speak. And so, so as we were in silence, and, and there was seven of us, I think, around the table, seven or eight of us, as we were listening... There was near the four or five freeway, and, and there was this rushing sound. And um, I wrote down, chaos sounds a lot like white noise. And then when the people, people started to share, you know, that's what's what came up. The comfort of the white noise, the craziness chaotic noise. It's the same noise. And we talked about how we get, get to do is how we interpret things, and I'm probably not explaining it totally well, but we had this really amazing conversation. God really was using every little piece of us to tell the entire story. And I really want to put that into our community and say again, again, need one another to really discern, to really hear what God is speaking to us as individuals, and to us as a church community. So, as, as Christians, we cultivate the descent that helps us to decide the forward. How do we hear the, the voice of the Spirit? Dave, Davids, 
He used to work for Apple, so you may know him. And he's written some books. Um, he, was, he was on a Fuller pod, pod broadcasting, and he says, Are we looking for the will, will of God that look, that look like the blue lines on a automobile club map? Are we looking for that one way that we're meant to go, that one bird answer to our lives, to our church life? And I said, yes, please. Yeah, give me that, that line. Tell, tell me that this is exactly it. This, this is right. This is the way. There is no other way. This, this is what we have to do. Um, but, but I really think that's what the Bible does, what the Holy Spirit in us. So what if we reframe this? So that discernment is actually more along, along the lines of learning to live of love like Jesus way of, G- of Jesus. And that mean, means that we include our failures and our mistakes as part of the process of discerning. Believing that it's going to make us better, better and asking and continue the Holy Spirit what are you inviting us to next? What's next? Not saying, but that's the way it's always been. And because that, that wouldn't allow the breath of God to be alive and creating new, new life every time, time it brings on us, would it? Rather than trying to discern the correct or answer, I'm thinking that we're meant to discern the presence, the reality of God in this moment. Is he speaking today? The plan was to pray for for friends' church. But what, but what spoke was, pray for the violence that is rampant in our in our country. Pray for the deaths, the unnecessary ones. Pray for that. The word sermon come, comes from the Latin discerner. I probably said that wrong. And it means to separate by sifting, to distinguish between, between to sit, to separate, to perceive. It means to wonder, to search, to question. <laughs> and then to recognize and allow for an answer that might be outside of the box. I'm just going to read that again. To re- recognize and allow for answers that be outside of the box. Whose box? You've got a box. I was talking to a friend of friend boxes the other morning. We've all got boxes in our box. Church has a box. LCF has a box. Could we, could we allow that the answer is actually outside the box? Because if we can acknowledge that, that wrong possibility, that could be more than one, one way of looking at things, it means that, that we actually can trust that Jesus and his promises are, are true and be vulnerable to what we're hearing in my own life, my, my life's life. Recognize that, that trust, especially of God, does not come easily or automatically. I have my own sto- story. You have your own story. I have my, my own places where I, where I don't want to just... I have made vows not, not to just. 
And now I serve a God who asks to trust in him. And it isn't easy. Many times I pray, pray, Lord, I trust, help my distrust. In the same that I pray along with disciples, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Certainty is not a virtue. To, to be able to trust God requires relationship, built intimacy, and the experience of working with him. Just like learning to trust my husband requires relationship, intimacy, and the years of walking with him. The more we're together, the more I'm able to trust him. I hope that is the same way he feels about me. Ignatius says, here's the word, it requires love of God and for our others. And we have heard in scripture that we actually don't love first. We love because he loves first. And that is the hardest thing. That's, that's the crux. That's another one of those crazy, crazy places where I'm going to love, but oh God, God doesn't really love me because I'm because I lie, because I've been deceptive, because I had three glasses of wine when I knew I should, should have only had one. What, whatever it is that we, we say doesn't allow us to receive God's love until we're cleaner, until we're better, until we're something other than who we are. But God, God says, why do you think I made you that way? You've always been in my creation. Can you accept? The father, mother, God loves his child. And only out of that place, out of that acceptance, of that, that love, do we get to love. Equals, we get, get to discern what God's will is. <sighs> All the life I've lived so far, and it's been a good it's been a lot of years, because I get to be a grandma pastor. Okay. Um, all the life I've lived so far, it convinced me that there's more, more. There's more to the Christian life, more available for each, for each of us who follow Jesus than convictions, theological truths, rules, and dogma. There's more, more. Does, doesn't the Holy Spirit also also us and invite us to search scriptures? in new ways, to know God, God is life more, not just to acquire knowledge. Aren't we also allowed to trust in the knowing answer? Even if that answer does come from apparent parent experts. Could that be what walking by the Spirit means? Can I trust or believe what is in my heart? Can you trust us to believe what is in your heart? Is that a proof text to defend that? No. I have all those questions. Old warnings of deceived, threatened the knowing to the point that I sometimes really miss what's true. Old, old thinking. Old, old ways of having been taught in church. Uh, your ways. They're not easy to see to surrender. But we're, call, we're called to be mature believers. Called to no longer drink milk, but to eat solid food. Jesus calls us to prayerfully fully move.
beyond careful and appropriate guidelines that help us in our imagery that raised us up. He calls us, calls us to higher levels of growth, deeper, deeper interest. I wrote in, in capitals, yikes, because <laughs> it's, it's scary, scary to go there. It seems to be the journey of a lifetime again, like, like so many other things, and I must mature. You must just mature. You must mature. Again, again this, this is a process without ending point. Um, I'm going to have to keep spending quiet, intimate time with God. I have to, have to come to the Bible, the Scripture, openness to new light and understanding. I'll have to continue, continue the fear of what others might say aside. When I, when I prayerfully forward and in my decision-making, I'll have to remain lovingly non-judgmental when, when others rebuke my discernment of truth. To risk. I have to risk your displeasure. But I, I don't want to risk God's displeasure. But I'm willing to be wrong because I know he'll correct me. There's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scripture in Isaiah 30 where he where it says, Well, turn to the right or the left. There will be a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. I have like another five pages, you guys, and I'm going to have to stop. But there's a beautiful scripture that says, Whether you turn to the left or the right, there will be a voice behind you saying, this the way, walk walk in it. What's God saying? saying, saying, get it wrong. It's actually okay. Try that. Try this. I'm not leaving you. And keep listening because I'm going to be telling you, no, 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 make another turn. He's going to be, he's going to be there where with us, speaking, speaking to us about the next turn, next Decision, a better discerning. When when the church took on, took on conversation of our LGBTQ sisters and brothers and mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles, when we when we started conversation, there was there was a loss. Every time we have hard conversations, people people leave, and yet we're called to have hard conversations. By God, not by the color, the color by the way, and, and the book proves, proves that out. By God, we're called all the hard conversations. In the midst of those conversations, it was, I lost friends, Fr- friends that I owned for 20 years. You're, you're going to hell, you're preaching dangerous words. I can't be your friend anymore. So, whoa. Um, I can grieve that. And then I have to turn to the, the right or the left and, and trust that God has something that, thing that he will say to me. Um, Jesus is ever interpreting the Bible. It isn't as easy, easy as we think it is. His ways of using scripture are deeply challenging. How did he read scripture? He, he was, he, he had a, Law, the first, first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Genesis Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Exodus, sorry. And then, and then he also had prophets because he was, he was a pharisaical Jew. Think Pharisee. And how did he approach those scriptures? How did he discern them? Actually, it was the biggest point of contention between him and the Pharisees was how Jesus interpreted scripture because this, this is what he did. 
Not a fresh perspective. The religious structure of that time saw it as a threat for identity and survival. Think about the church today. We see any change as, as a threat to, to our identity and survival. Jesus has brought them, though, an awareness of how God was acting now. He did, did not preach the God of, God of them, although he referred to the God of them in how we use that God to live now. He did, did this by taking time for silent prayer and listening, by reading and meditating on the scriptures that he had. He did this in the company, company of others, the spiritual community. And I really beat that into your hands and hearts. We do this never, never. He did this by deep, 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 deep dependence upon the Holy Spirit. But he read scripture selectively. He consistently ignored or even denied exclusionary, punitive, triumphalistic texts in his Bible in favor of messages that emphasized inclusion, mercy, and honesty. The scriptures and scriptures in a spiritual and selective way. He had a hierarchy of scripture. He quoted some passages, but he ignored many others. And when we pretend that every line in the Bible is of importance and inspiration, we're not being like Jesus. And accused the fervent te teacher's law of misappointment. He basically said to them in Mark 12, you read the scriptures, but you don't know them. Are we going to make, make the same mistake ever again? Oh, I have so much more that I want to say, but I'm going to end. Can we be brave? Thomas Aquinas explained, cease thinking is an act either of despair, I can't go any further, or of presumption. I don't need to go any further. What's needed is hope. There's a beautiful segue into Advent. What is needed? The thrill of hope. Because hope is thrilling and scary and risky. Oh, okay. I'm going to read you one last thing. And this is from um, Erica Shella Romero. Uh, and she, she and her husband were here at church one day. She writes, I confess that I didn't do enough. Seeking truth and love is a responsibility of a follower of Jesus. I now look back and I can see that because I grew up in a confident and individualistic culture, I couldn't see beyond the small things that I could do. I know that it is a challenging process, especially for us as white Christians, to sanctify our cultural, racial, sexual, and nationalistic social identities. Much soul care authentic community is necessary if I'm to engage in the personal and communal work of discerning the spirit. This has been true in my own life. This has been true in my own walk of Jesus. And it's still, still going. And many times I'm home. And I get wrong way more than I get right. I 
And next Sunday, we have Advent, and in him we have Thanksgiving. And we've already talked about the paradox of joy and, and sorrow and anxiety that lives in all the holiday places. Advent, a, a beautiful season where we get along out loud for, for everything good, for Jesus to come, come and live in our hearts again. Even though he does, you know, I, I invite him again and again and again and again. I want to say that as we we end this series in discernment, if you have questions about discernment, there are, there are pastors and elders and uh, leaders in this community who want to help you with those questions. Please don't, don't think that you have to come up with something something your own. And um, I have a question: What are you, are you discerning from the Holy Spirit right now? Because I believe there's something. So even though Ryan O'Ryan's given me the eye, but he hasn't brought the hook out yet, uh, I'm going to give you a minute to consider, to ask, to ask what, do you, what do you speak, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Gabby taught us. I'm going to give that minute of silence to write down to listen. My prayer for, for you and listen is that, is that you would know that, that you are the beloved. Even if, you, if you've never been before, even if you've never heard, heard about God or his love for you, trust that you are loved. And let's take this next minute. I know exactly what time it is. Okay. And I'm going to ask that you would share what you heard with someone. Be with, again, the pastoral team here or the elders, but it doesn't have to be. Share, share it with someone. If you think that you heard nothing, share, share it with someone.